<laughs> oh, Roman, hello. I'm so glad to see you here. So good to see you, Roman. <laughs> it's a, it's a good, it's great to see you, it Count. Is I, Count Figula. <laughs> I, I'm excited to do a podcast with you, Count Pigula. Of course, of course, yes. All about pigs and blood. <laughs> no, no Batman? Sorry, this is one of Sam's decorations in our home. It's a candle holder, <laughs> so you put like a candle oh my in God. it, and it glows out his star holes. Holy shit. Where'd she get that? Oh, my God. Our house is covered in Halloween decorations now. So she probably got it at like Goodwill or Home Goods, or she, she gets them all sorts of different places. Wow, that's, that's, the, that's the greatest Halloween decoration ever. Thank you. I agree. I am Count Pigula. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Welcome to Batman in Quarantine, episode 46, two cute boys at the end of the line. Um, no, not end of the line. Uh, two <laughs> boys uh, midway through a big adventure. Batman and Robin, number 13. Very fun, very good stuff. Grant Morrison, Frazier Irving, Roman and Jeff, looking good. How are you today, buddy? You're looking good. I just got up. Oh, I'm decked out in my finest football wear. I got my DK Metcalf jersey on. Got my, I, mean, I don't have my Seahawks hat on, but. Yeah, and I know no one's a bigger Seahawks fan than Roman, but I like to, you know, dance in his shadow. Yeah, yeah, I am a huge Hawks, as they say. Squawkers. Fan. Yeah, yeah, Squawkers. I mean, this is the first moment I've ever heard of DK Metcalf, but okay, sure. Oh. I, he's great. <laughs> No, 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 no. He's the guy that I told you about a couple months ago. Russell Wilson taught how to swim this summer. Oh, that guy. Yeah. The swimmer. Yeah. Well, he's a swimmer now. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty odd. That is inspiring because I would like to learn how to swim someday. I will teach you. I will hold you in the water and, we will, <laughs> and one day we will then flip across a pool together with our good little water flippers. <laughs> but that's not why we're here today. We're here today to talk about Batman and Robin number 13 an issue with entirely Frazier Irving art in it, which I have to double check. Is this whole arc Frazier Irving art? Oh my God, it is. It We're is? so oh, lucky. Wow. Oh, wow. What yeah, we are. I didn't, yeah, not, yeah, I didn't realize because starting this one, I halfway through reading I, the whole time, I thought it was uh, an issue of Return of Bruce Wayne just because <laughs> of Fraser Irving art. This is a lot of modern day stuff for Return of Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, I'm so confused. I mean, we got, gosh, talk about five incredible artists. I can't think of like a of a 15 issue arc where they've had five different artists on a mini series where the art I think ends up being as high caliber as these five artists were able to do. Between yeah. like yeah. Quietly, Fraser Irving, Andy Clark. Karen Stewart, even the Philip Tan stuff, like those are not often do people have to juggle artists for an ongoing series that often. And all of them have such beautifully, profoundly different, you know, artistic voices. Like this Fraser Irving art is unlike anybody's art. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is really impressive. That's another thing I, I wonder, like, behind the scenes of Grant Morrison, like, pick the artist or if, or if he pulled Dan DiDio, like, you know, I want a selection of really good artists. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we can assume he pushed to have Quietly because they do a bunch of stuff yeah. together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fraser Irving has done stuff with him. Like, at this point, he had done Clary on the Witch Boy and Seven Soldiers. I believe oh, okay. Fraser Irving did the art in that one. Um, so, and then Cameron Stewart, he had done art for Sea Guy. So they had worked together. Oh, right. Um, so I bet he picked him. I bet he had, had his, his options there. And I'm sure the paycheck that DC was willing to give out for it was also uh, pretty impressive. So anybody was probably pretty happy to do it. Yeah. I wonder how much per cover Quietly got paid for these covers. He did like the interior art, but then he just like, you know, then there's just 13 issues of just him doing covers. And I bet like, I bet that's a couple years worth of money, you know, for these 15 gorgeous covers. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what the, what the cover rate was for somebody like quietly in whatever year this was. On, on the topic of covers, uh, this one's got a gorgeous cover of Robin beating the shit out of the Joker with a crowbar <laughs> with uh dick running after him in the background and i really love this one just like the amount of green on it it's just mm -hmm. like a very toxic looking picture i love it yeah yeah and and i just realized the joker is wearing i think is he wearing are they supposed to be scrubs i think it's like the medical outfit he was wearing in r.i.p oh okay he had that like if... long doctor's outfit okay yeah i was wondering if yeah, Doctor Hurt outfit maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. I, I wasn't sure if it was a reference to when he when he killed Jason Todd or not. Have you checked out the back matter in this omnibus much at all? Um, no, not yet. There's some great write-ups by Morrison about every single cover and like you know the conversation with Quietly about why he wanted what images. But for this one, the little write-up is back in Batman 428, 1988. The Joker had famously used a crowbar to beat Jason Todd, the unlucky unlucky second Robin. As is the way of comic book characters, Jason Todd eventually made it back from the dead many years later, but I wanted to see the new Robin redress the balance in his own inimitable way, hence this image of a grinning, unrepentant Joker taking his skull fractures with a smile. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever and, you got to say, Grant Morrison. Yeah, and the Fraser Irving cover on the oh. next page, thats was that the variant cover? Yeah. Okay, that's beautiful, too. The he does a variant cover for 16 and it's like the Joker clutching his own face with his head open up and it's got all these like Joker versions of Batman and Robin like coming out and it's another one of my all-time favorite covers I like bought that variant for my friend Danny um just because I think it's a beautiful piece wow cool but let's get into this this one starts off with an alternate history that could not have existed of Dr. Hurt recounting the night that just visually, not like a narrative recounting, but it's visually retelling the night of Thomas and Martha Wayne's death. But in this time, uh, Bruce and Martha both die. And then we sort of cut through some very gross, bad shit with him that we'll get into. And uh, ultimately, we get to uh, Dr. Hurt taking over Wayne Manor again. And then we get a shot, literally of Dr. Hurt shooting Dick in the head. And then we do a three days earlier jump where we see Robin going with Batman to talk to the Joker um, as over on Sexton, because we're really following up on that reveal, you know, only just now. 
and uh, Dick and Commissioner Gordon go off to the Bat Bunker to have a conversation about some mystery stuff. And they mistakenly leave good old Damien with the Joker uh, so that he can get his rocks off, so to speak. And it ends with uh, Pig coming back to the fold, which is pretty fantastic stuff. But I'm curious, Roman, this first three-page sequence of an alternate retelling of the night where Thomas and Martha Wayne died, what do you think the role of this like narrative flashback is here, especially for telling a story that we know didn't happen because obviously Bruce didn't die. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a real Mexican train. It's a real um, Mexican train. It, it threw me right away. Cause uh, in this alternate history, when we, after Joe chill uh, kills Bruce and Martha, creepy old Thomas is leaning over Martha's body, body smiling at her saying, now you'll never tell. And I was like, never tell what? I don't even remember what secret he's supposed to have in this alternate version. I think that like in, I mean, so obviously there is the lie Dr. Hurt said at the end of RIP about, you know, the, the alternate history about him not dying and, and Martha like being a drug addict and like him being a drug addict. Right. And like, he was a really shady person. Now this recounting, is different than the lie that he told because Bruce didn't die. But I do think that, yeah, like the, you'll never now, now you'll never tell, I guess like either his kind of a bunch of those secrets. Right. What I really liked is in these uh, visual shots of the dominoes, like as they're getting ready to fall, all the colors are inverted. So the dominoes are black, but the dots are white. And I think it's really reminiscent of the pearls. Oh, like the bottom yeah, yeah. of the page has some of those spilled pearls and they look really similar. But then as the visual motif continues, as the issue goes forward and these dominoes start yeah. to fall, it even harkens back to that idea for me of like the, the pearls falling on the ground, you know, the night of his death, which I thought was a really cool visual tie. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. I, I like that. Though I do wonder is the dominoes come in two different colors because when I was a kid, I had a set of dominoes, the first dominoes I ever saw, and they were black with white dots. Yeah, I definitely had those, I think, more often than the white with black dots myself. I think there's oh. like, yeah, the more common like white tiled one, but there's definitely like black ones with white dots for sure. Oh, I don't think I've ever played with the white ones. I've never played dominoes at all, except for standing them up and trying to knock them over like the Joker here. Well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. I've never, I don't know how to play dominoes. I've just stood them up and knocked them around and made but different patterns. We know that Andrew Carlson knows how to play. Oh, of course he does. Friend of the show. <laughs> he, he, he should teach us how to, how to play dominoes. Um, this one shows, so when it shows Joe Chill killing them, a couple panels later, it does show Thomas Wayne handing money to the same dude. Yeah. So it looks like in this idea, you know, he paid off Joe Chill to kill Martha and Bruce. And then it, we just cut to a scene of him pouring champagne on a woman's back and you can say what you want, but that is a gosh darn orgy back there, Roman. Does that look yeah, like the orgies you've been to? That's, that's straight out of eyes wide shut. Yeah. Eyes wide uh, shut. <laughs> Man, I've never seen eyes wide shut, but you just, uh, piqued oh. my interest. I'll, I'll lend you my copy. And oh, I have sure. The, and I have the book. You know what? I'll too. rent my own. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> well I, yeah, it's appropriate. It's appropriate. Cause when you're rich, you know, you got to have some, crazy orgies with people and animal animal mask and whips and things gotta um let's see what else here yeah it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting why you know like why why morrison why this alternate 
take yeah, on this is, murder. Is Dr. Hurt, I mean, is he really that nuts? Does he really believe that this is the way things happened and how he it led to where he is now? Does he really believe he's Thomas Wayne? Yeah, and it, you know, made me think about like in 702 when we just talked about it last week, there's the shot of like the the Willow Wood uh, asylum, I think it was Willow Wood. Um yeah. which harkened to like an alternate earth you know where tom you know where bruce had a brother and stuff so this had me thinking about like okay well maybe is there room for this to have to be an alternate earth thomas wayne where this is what happened possibly or is it just an enactment uh, or a visual retelling of the lie that he is telling people yeah um and it could be both i like the idea that it's just a visual reenactment of of that lie kind of a kind of a touching on Morrison's themes of magic and stuff that I think he puts in a lot of this sto- his books and this story of mysticism, kind of how Bruce Wayne, Bruce is recreating his myth by traveling mm-hmm. upwards through time. Maybe Dr. Hurd is creating his own myth here and here we're seeing the visual representation of that in this issue. Yeah, and actually you just made me have the thought of like in the Bible or the Antichrist in Revelations, ultimately like stops being referred to as the Antichrist and is more often referred to as the liar. Mm, and yeah. within this one, you know, like there's the parables or just the statements about like, you know, who determines the past, the winners do, like a, a lie, is it a lie if you can get everyone to believe it? So <clears throat> there's this idea maybe of just perpetuating a false history and forcing it down people's like as this person exists he is telling this lie and making more and more pe- people believe it so you know what is the it's kind of that magic thing of like yeah. bending reality with a, a visual interpretation or something so yeah that, that was a good take roman oh thank you and we see dr hurt going into wayne manor um he's got the 99 fiends with him we can tell because of all their bondagey leatherettes and guns and cool hairdos oh yeah okay yeah yeah and then he ties up Dick, and we got Damien tied up on the floor, and then he shoots Dick in the head, and then we jump backwards in time. But I think a really interesting piece of that page is the picture of Thomas Wayne up there. Yeah, That Thomas woman Wayne. looks like she's got blonde or red hair as opposed to the dark hair that Martha is portrayed with just two or three pages before this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like a really different and- hair. Yeah, and she's got a oh, I think that that nice catch. I think that's a little visual clue that that's a picture of him with somebody and some woman that's not Martha and she even has instead of pearls, she even has like a little choker on. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, know where that's going to come, but you know, maybe he's just trying to dress the Wayne Manor up in his own image and try and perpetuate this like just to put Batman whether it's Dick or Dean or or Bruce, you know, on his toes of this because no matter what yeah. Bruce knows or how much he can deny this lie, it's still got to freak him out, right? And any in the same way that like he puts a bit of armor on there, so we'll focus on that when they shoot him or something. Like any second that you're wasting needing to question something is is a moment where your opponent has the advantage. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say that that page too. I mean, this whole issue is wonderful art, but that page is where Hurt is shooting shooting Dick in the back of the head. Man, the look on the expression on Dick's face and the expression on Damien's face. Oh, it's chilling. It is. And that the horse, the knight figure, the way that it's portrayed there as just the shadow, like there's no positive line drawing there, like right beneath the portrait. 
the yeah. you know that shadow of that horse statue oh that's what that you is can, okay yeah you can see his like nose coming up there and it's just interesting the the negative space that's used there yeah yeah <laughs> so we get little little damien wayne busting his way into the gotham <laughs> police department <laughs> to see the joker and in this scene we get dick explaining how he was able to further come to the uh conclusion that the joker was over on sexton and talk about the domino connection and the mask and and all that and we got that mystery solved again the art in this scene is amazing the facial expressions of the joker are incredible and i love the little nod to adam west that fraser irving always puts in the, the helmet of batman yeah the little lines yeah <laughs> yeah kind of the little, little eyebrow impressions <laughs> But I love in this the revelation that, like, oh, there was an Oberon Sexton, though. And the night calls, because they've dug up the, the, the grave of Oberon Sexton's dead wife. And we see the actual Oberon Sexton. Just the most, like, what a horrific image that is of him <laughs> with Joker toxin and all these chattering, laughing teeth buried, buried with her. Yeah, that's awful. And obviously, it looks like he was alive when the Joker buried him in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Gosh, terrible way to die. Suffocate. Terrible way to die. Yeah, suffocate in there on top of your dead wife's corpse. Dude. So I was reading online um, a person whose blog I liked that hasn't been active since this was coming out named Rick Dad, R-A-K-D-A-D, pointed out a connection that there's a continual motif of men killing their wives in the Morrison run. There's first like Mangrove Pierce in the black glove, like the actor mm-hmm. whose wife. And then there is this one, of course, and there is also, oh, then Dr. Hurt being Thomas Wayne, killing his wife in the several pages before this, in this fake yeah. thing. And then he went even as far to compare the, like, not necessarily wife, but, like, Batman killed Batwoman in the Blackest Night thing when, they, when she was revitalized. I don't know if there's any truth to that. If it's lazy writing, I doubt it because it's Morrison. But just that idea of... Like why, you know, what a weird motif to have reoccur so many times throughout a run. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that is, that is odd. It's odd, Roman. It's odd. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It's, it's Morrison. So it's, I don't think it's lazy writing at all. Maybe it's just coincidental. I mean, who knows, but. And then we get Gordon just busts on in times up our turn, Batman. He wants to start talking to the Joker and throughout this slight conversation, I just, I love, again, the way the Joker is portrayed here, the way he's written here. Like, what are his motivations throughout all of this is such an interesting question to me. But uh, Dick and Commissioner Gordon decide to go uh, to the Bat Bunker so that they can talk where no one can hear them. And he ties up Gordon's eyes so he can't see, but all the while Gordon is sort of sniffling and he's getting a cold, which is kind of weird. But one thing that Dick starts talking about is, you know, in looking into everything that's happened with pig and the antidote that like the, the weaponized addiction and the antidote that they had found, like what if that antidote that they had put out there actually was the trigger all along? That's just an interesting thing. It hadn't occurred to me, but I think we did comment on that in like issue three of this run. The like, man, they made the antidote really easy to find. Yeah, I think, yeah, I remember us talking about that. And I don't um, like, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting, 
you know, obviously, right? Put those things together. It's, it shouldn't be so easy for the antidote to be found, right? It was a trick all along that they were playing so that they knew it would be weaponized to be put out there as long as they get some sort of trigger like a cold or something. So is Gordon, is Gordon, uh, oh, is he going to get triggered? Is he going to get triggered and turned into badness? That's, that's the impression that I'm getting. And I don't actually fully remember, but I do think that like the amount of sneezing that he's doing and, and Dick says like, you know, as long as the trigger, which could be even a moderate cold, he says, while Gordon is like sneezing. Throughout that conversation, and again, like the first panel of it is them in the Batmobile, like going through a tunnel and the way space bends around the car and shows mm -hmm. motion. It's like one of those late night, you know, racing in Japan videos <laughs> or pictures with the taillights going. And yeah, yeah. Starring on Nicolas Cage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at, even in all of this weirdness and mystery uh, forward progression, I love the bit of just... Uh, you can call me Jim. The other one called me Jim. And Batman says, I'll call you Commissioner Gordon, sir, if that's okay. And then the way that Gordon says, well, if it's any consolation, my cops uh, prefer you to him. That, that's just another instance of that relationship is ripe with stories to be told. And I want to explore that space, right? This respect that Batman now has for Gordon, the weird sense of respect for batman but also like he's clearly his elder now like gordon is so there is like a sort of nephew like relationship as well <laughs> like i i just think it's such a wonderful sp space to explore yeah yeah it really, it really is i wish we had seen as we keep saying in this in our podcast that i wish we could see more of of uh, dick bats yeah dick bats Okay, gosh. So then what we got here, we got more of them talking about weaponized addiction. I think that's such like an interesting idea. Like instead of poisoning people, just making addiction and therefore withdrawals to be the thing that all people are all going through. And when he says something to the effect of like 9 million junkies all suffering withdrawals and cravings at the same time, it's just, I've never had serious drug withdrawals. They sound like they're a real fucking nightmare. And the idea of an entire town going through that madness. Uh, yeah. It's just a it, cool, perverse, hor horrible thing. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, everyone, you know, I mean, everyone would be incapacitated because you, you know, from what I've always heard, you can't deal with anything else when you're going through withdrawals. I mean, you can barely deal with, you know, stain stain um alive yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then what would it I, I was thinking in this like what would it cause people to do right when you're having withdrawals you seek out the thing that alleviates yeah. the withdrawals but if they haven't really had a drug addiction or something to warrant these it's an infection that's causing it then what would they be propelled to pursue as a way of alleviating it this whole yeah. town of nine million people or whatever trying to alleviate this horrible feeling but not really having a clear thing to resolve it. Yeah. And would they be, would they then be, you know, indulging and in, overindulging in just a series of different things, trying to find the one that satisfies the addiction. We got a whole <laughs> town wide eyes wide shut orgy at that point. Just, you know, yeah, but without, but without the fun. <laughs> oh, but I don't know. There's a little bit more vomit, I guess, if you're, uh, if you're doing it with withdrawals. So while Gordon and Dick Bats are talking, Gordon gets a, a message that uh, the Joker has asked to see Damien. So Damien went in there. And I just love Dick's like, 
tell your men to keep him away from the Joker. We're on our way. Damn it. He could kill him. He's like, my God, does that poor kid have any idea what he's dealing with? And, you know, Dick says, it's not him. It's the Joker. I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, last time we saw Damien, yeah, I mean, he was, he was pissed. Yeah. So what do you think, you know, and it's hard to track the Joker's motivation in any of this, right? But in this scene, we've got the Joker trying to manipulate Damien seemingly into beating the shit out of him right like and, and damien takes the bait he pulls a crowbar out which is awesome and he just in the most like violent graphic shot like crowbars to the side of the head joker and that is like an amazing panel but what what why did the joker ask him to come in why what is he trying to do um i'm not sorry, sorry I'm, I'm rereading the joker's dialogue <laughs> yeah I'm not sure. I think I wonder if he's just trying to manipulate Damien into being a force of chaos, like Joker describes himself as. So you think he's trying to like break? It's just it's such an interesting change because as Oberyn Sexton, you know, he didn't seem like there was ulterior motives going on, right? It, it's he right. seemed at least on the up and up, but now here it's just like okay, so you take the mask off, and now we've got a real different game that you're playing all of a sudden. Yeah, and I wonder if it's the game is now if he manipulates Damien into into beating the crap out of him, if it's all part of a wider thing, not only playing with Batman, but also destroying this new Batman's reputation. Because he knows this isn't Bruce. This no he knows it's right. his Batman. I guess there's also then like the follow-up on like the killing joke, which is the Joker does seem eternally bound by this idea of one bad day or one bad thing or one bout of manipulation can cause a hero to become a villain, right? So he does always seem like he's toying with this idea of, can I get the hero to kill me or kill somebody else? And he must recognize that Damien is, could probably be easily manipulated because that's all the kid's known, you know, until recently for the rest of his life was manipulation. And I do love his line of like, oh, you sound just like him. So like he, you know, I bet that (laughs) he's more aware of the fact that that could possibly be his son than, than other people are. Yeah. Oh, that's a great panel, too, because the Joker, when he says that, he's kind of peeking up at Damien through his through his fingers over his face. Right. <laughs> that's so good. So as Dick and Gordon are flying back to the police station in the hovering Batmobile, they get bazooka down by two of the 99 fiends. and Two they, fiends. Two fiends. And they <laughs> fall down, and Gordon's still with us, but Batman's sort of out of it, but they get ambushed by a huge fleet of Dolatrons cannot again say how much i love this art you've got all these shadowy purple figures but you can just see their red hair like circling in on them yeah and that's oh that is really good and the red hair and the blue gloves that's such a nice uh popping color yeah (laughs) color that is and then the 99 fiends at the end complete their mission which is to break out professor pig which i love to get to see professor pig and i guess it makes sense since this is kind of the follow-up to the drug plan that they were planning in issues one through three with Frank Quitely. Like, you know, this is the addiction, the antidote actually had the curse in it, and now it's out there. So it's all going according to the plan. It does still have that mysterious shot of, like, Blackgate Prison where, like, it's just, like, the 12 squares with, like, door windows in it that I think that we perceived as, like, gurney trays, but yeah. then within that, it then shows, yes, exactly what the visuals of that is confuses the shit out of me. Yeah, because, yeah, it does look like the, the drawers in a morgue. Um, and, yeah, apparently that's where Pig was 
was in one of those. Yeah. But then Most, even beyond so, that, it shows more normal doors. Yeah, because then when Pig is actually busted out of, it looks like a normal cell door. I need so, to yeah. get a visualization of Blackgate Prison. Like, what does it look like? So, yeah, maybe those morgue drawer-looking things are a visual metaphor for, I don't know, death and incarceration and and. I like something. that. <laughs> I can get that. I can get behind that. Yeah, gosh. It's such an interesting interesting design um now i'm looking up blackgate prison things online but it's mostly taking me to the arkham asylum video games yeah so in this pig and i mean not pig geez dr hurt and uh mr joker mr, um, j, mr. Um, j are i mean they're work they're working they're still working opposite ends of the game it's yeah it's dr hurt's um 99 fiends or el pentatente's dr hurt's guys so they're the ones to take out robin or geez batman and gordon while robin's being manipulated by joker i was sort of in the sh- i like to try and take a shower before each one of these um and uh as i was in the shower i was trying to think about just the grand like okay so then what are the roles of all the people in like what has the joker been angling at this whole time and and I feel like he's basically just been trying to act as the glue between El Penitente, Dr. Hurt, and Dick Bats, Batman. So, like, killing these people like Toad to put Batman onto the scent, onto the trail of El Penitente, right? So he killed Toad and imprisoned Pig, which caused Dr. Hurt's plans to go awry. So then he had to send the Flamingo in there. That stuff all happened. Um yeah, like, you know, Oberyn Sex has really just been trying to, I, I guess the Joker's really just been trying to kill the Black Glove, but also kind of fuck up his plans. And in, in, and in trying to fuck up his plans, he, he's having Batman sort of learn them and, and crack that code, which, uh, you know, is all, all interesting. But it is hard, like, on the one level, you can just read what's happening here. But then, like, you know, because all of this issue makes sense. But then, you know, if you take a step back and just say, like, okay, what what is the large machinations here? What's the larger machine that's being played at? And there's something really good with that. Um, yeah, please, your thought. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to send uh, read an email from Andrew about this specific oh. issue, but yeah. I would love to hear your thought before we move on. I, I don't even know good. what it Good, get was it out now. of here. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'm the same way. Uh, well, Andrew Carlson wrote in, uh, just to say, Batman and Robin number 13, I cannot really express how much I loved this issue. My blood is pumping. You can feel as the dominoes are falling faster and faster, and I cannot believe people initially had to wait a whole month between issues for this. <laughs> I'm struggling to wait days. 10 out of 10, goddamn. <laughs> totally agree. Yep, yep. <laughs> that summed it up. Um, and we've also got a great uh, longer email from Judd Morse that will uh, go on in our next uh, soon one. But um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the big stuff here. We got Professor Pig's going to be out and about. And we, one of the, you know, next time in Batman and Robin glyphs, we get an image of Dr. Hurt trying to operate on Gordon. So we know some bad shit's going to be happening with those, those two. God, poor Gordon. I mean, first he's, you know, in Killing Joke, he's tortured by Joker. And now Dr. Hurt is going to be doing horrible things to him. Yeah. And like, it's amazing Jim is still alive. Yeah. Even like year one, you know, he was put through the (laughs) ringer, right? Like, and he's been divorced and he's had a kid turn into a sociopath. And yeah, he's, he's been, he's had a tough go of it. 
Yeah, he's been smoking the whole time. I mean, smoking just phys- the whole time. Just physically, he should have been broken down years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. My, you know, some of my most pleasant surprises were that Fraser Irving's gonna be doing this whole three issue arc. Love it. Love the richness of like Damien's interaction with Joker. Love Batman's interaction with Gordon. Um, forgot that Pig was gonna be coming back and for another like round in this whole thing i kind of put put a pig a pig pin in him after that first uh little three issue arc but i'm glad that he's going to be back in the forefront because he really is one of my favorite you know morrison creations yeah yeah um i had forgotten he came back in this too and he's 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 displaced the pig from charlotte's web in my mind as wilbur, as, wilbur yeah thank you wilbur <laughs> some pig <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, in the interest of me getting out of here to go see some of that football and close down the, or work out the comic shop before getting to do all that, I, uh, I, I guess we'll get on out of here. But Roman, I am so glad, as always, to have gotten to talk to you. And uh, I think we should be getting Justin back on this week to talk about either Return of Bruce Wayne number four, which will be Wednesday's episode, or Batman and Robin number 14, which will be Fridays. Yeah, but yes. uh Roman, you know, as we're both just exploring the world, let's be safe so that we can get back here to talk more Batman. What do you think? I think that's an excellent plan. It'll help keep us sane. Keep us sane, which doesn't seem to be at all a concern for anything going on in this Batman run. But yeah, (laughs) um, another fantastic one. Uh, Thank you all for listening so much. We'll see you in just a couple of days. And uh, on behalf of Roman, I'm Jeff, Batman in Quarantine uh, number. And uh, we'll see you all soon. (laughs) 